Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Tweet. All right, we are live. Give people just a minute to show up here. Oh. I think that game deserves one. Big shout out to Charlie O'Connor. This glass here was my Christmas present. And I think, uh, I think, uh, I think it's poetic for, uh, I think it's poetic for today. It says, November 28th, 2017, when Bill Matz finally gave up on Dave Hackstall. And I think that's poetic. We're going to get started in just a minute. <sighs> All right, people are showing up, so let's do it. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Radio post game. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. Uh, not a ton of fun in that game tonight. The uh, the Flyers were not good. And uh, on, on a four-game uh, winning streak, the Rangers at home, kind of desperate. I don't want to get too nuts about it. But the one thing I will say, the one kind of disheartening thing about – um. Games like tonight, games like the Pittsburgh game. Uh, when was the Pittsburgh game? That was January 2nd. So, you know, just two weeks ago. Um, they've been they've been good uh, in between. Um, you know, the four wins are in between these two losses. And, you know, you're not going to win every single one. But the thing about efforts like tonight are that you're going to play all your division games now. This was the first meeting with the Rangers. And they just kicked your ass. And these are meaningful games. You are a play. You are a bubble playoff team, um, competing with, you know, competing with the opponents directly above you. And given the new playoff format, uh, you have to win your division games. You definitely uh, can't come out and play the way you played uh, against Pittsburgh, against um, against the Rangers tonight. And it's. It's just a, it's just an issue. They they got their asses thoroughly handed to them tonight. Um, and it, the Rangers did what the Rangers have done to the Flyers uh, fairly consistently for years now. Uh, take away Giroux, the other lines can't do anything, and that's exactly what happened tonight. Uh, you know, just a couple of minutes in, when was the when was the wheel goal yet? Two oh six in, uh, a wheel gets the gets the deflection goal off the uh, off the Gudis off the Gudis shot that was going wide. Nice play. Glad they got going early and everything. But I mean, uh, a Gudis shot and wheel getting an awesome deflection on a shot that's going wide isn't really a way you're going to sustain offense. I did think that game was or that line was good tonight, and we'll get to that. Um, but after that, I, did they generate anything? I, they had a couple of chances down low, but for the most part, they were just bottled up. And the Rangers, like the Rangers, did what the Rangers do: take away Giroux, and the other lines just don't do anything. And that's what we had going on tonight. Um, wow, Travis Sanheim. I guess if you're looking for a silver lining, there are two. There are two pieces uh, to tonight's game. Two things I'm going to take away from tonight's game that I believe are positives. First, uh, Brandon Manning was dreadful. Uh, he has to come out of the lineup uh, when when is it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday against Toronto. And Manning has to come out of the lineup. You have to try to uh, match skill with Toronto. Brandon Manning has no place in that game. And he was so bad tonight. And they lost, so you know Hack will be looking to change things around. Uh, Brandon Manning absolutely has to come out of the lineup after his performance tonight. So that means Travis Sanheim will get in, and that is a positive. The other positive is I continued to see the uh, the Patrick line with Wheel and Simmons um, 
uh, click and really just start to come around, play well together. I like them together. Nolan Patrick continues to show signs of improvement. I've been saying all year I expect more of a uh, a more productive second half out of Nolan Patrick. He didn't get an assist on the goal tonight, but he did have the carry-in and the uh, – the nice pass to set up Simmons for the shot, which eventually led to uh, Gudis getting the puck and then Gudis getting the puck to the net for wheel to deflect. So that line as a whole uh, kind of made that happen. So it's good to see that Nolan Patrick is starting to come around. But bigger thing out of tonight is Dave Haxtall, both his uh, – and I, I, you know, I, I read my mug. Charlie got me this mug for Christmas. And it says, I'm trying to, I'm terrible with the mirror image thing. November 28th, 2017, the day I gave up on Dave Haxtell. And I did, I did give up on Dave Haxtell this year. I was later than most people. I just wanted to um, wait it out. Um, I don't think they should fire him mid-season. Because honestly, outside of the 10-game losing streak, they've been pretty good this year. Um but I don't think he's a very good coach. And tonight was a great example of his flaws. Not only are his lineup decisions questionable, and we talk about those all the time. Manning is playing over Travis Sanheim, all that stuff. Going back to last year, connecting Ghost getting scratched, Laterra on the second power play, Brandon Manning on the second power play. We know all of those, uh, all of those flaws in his decision-making. But his in-game stuff is so baffling to me. Uh, he never calls a timeout. You know, after after the Rangers get their third, maybe fourth gold, you want to call a timeout, maybe switch the goalie. He does nothing. I honestly don't know what Dave Haxtall does behind the bench during the game. What What is he doing? They make no adjustments. Uh, okay, we're just going to juggle the lines. That, is that his whole job, juggling the lines? I just don't understand what he does. I watched Office Space this weekend, and I got to say, it's kind of a cliche. We see it on Twitter all the time. You know, you see the meme. But what is it you'd say you do here is a great question for Dave Haxtell. Like, you get the goal early, then the Rangers come back, they get the shorty, they get a power play. What are you doing? What are you doing to stem the tide here? What are you doing to try to change the momentum? Are you calling a timeout? Are you changing your lines early? Maybe getting Voracek up with uh, Voracek and Giroux uh, just to get them going. Maybe bringing Scott Lawton up. And they put uh, Lawton and Lear with Voracek, which is almost right. I don't understand why you wouldn't leave Raffle on that line and have like you know, three competent forwards together. I guess you have to have an anchor with everybody at all times. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I just, I don't get what Dave Haxtell is actually doing. What is his strategy? Like when things start to go the other way, he does nothing to try to change it. And it constantly confuses me. It's like they're, they're down they almost gave up another shorthanded goal at the end of the second. And it just seemed like one of those things, like because the coach didn't seem uh, interested in maybe trying to rally the troops or get the other goalie in there, even if you don't believe it to be Elliot's fault, Elliot wasn't good tonight. But even if the coach is like, ah, we're giving up breakaways, maybe it's not the goalie. You see goalie switches all the time that are meant just to try to get some sort spark generate something as the coach you have to exhaust your options and he just doesn't I, I I'm just confused about his everything at this point it's not it's not just his lineup decisions because honestly yes I want Sanheim in every night but I'm not going to bitch about that constantly if you know they won four in a row you're not going to switch it up Sanheim's going to get back in there because Brandon Manning's going to have a game like he did tonight and Brandon Manning will sit for six games and that's fine with me but what else are you doing? Why is is why does Brian Elliott have to finish the second period? He's given up five goals. Maybe take him out just to get everyone else like, oh man, they pulled Elliott. Okay, yeah, we're playing like shit. Maybe we need. To, it's just uh, he doesn't seem like invested in the games. I don't know. I was. I don't want him yelling and screaming if it's not his. Uh, if it's not his. Uh, 
personality because then it'll just seem disingenuous. He's just trying to put on a show and that doesn't help anybody. But like, give me something. Call a timeout and draw something up. Pull the, do literally anything. He doesn't seem to be doing anything when things are going wrong to try to rectify that. Uh, and those are my take takeaways from the game tonight. I want to get to your comments and questions and stuff. Um, let's see what you've got. I'm going to uh, just go to your comments and we'll open it up like we always do. Okay, let's do it. Haxtell looks concerned. That is what he does. Oh, Brian Molinari joined. What up, B? Uh, yeah, I'm, he just makes that he makes that face, and that's all he does, basically. That's it. I, I... You don't know what Hack does behind the bench. He scowls. That's intangible. I, I guess if we can quantify it, it's not intangible. His scowl is uh, his scowl is his actual strategy. I'm just gonna make this face. Like I. I... Why is it that they never show up when they play at MSG? They usually score one goal or less while making the Rangers look like the 85 Oilers. I don't know if it's they don't show up or that they don't score. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist is really, really good, and he's really good against the Flyers. Um, that's I think it's more the Henrik Lundqvist than anything else. But giving up the breakaways and shit they did tonight, I think, was just a matter of um, everything going wrong for the players. Um, for whom things go wrong. I mean, Brandon Manning had maybe his worst game of the season because he's Brandon Manning. He's going to have a game like this because he's a sixth defenseman at best. At best, he's a six, probably a seven. And we play him over Travis Sanheim, who's a 2014 first-round pick. That's what happens. Yuri Laterra, I guess, can't come out of the lineup. He st we bring up Tyrell Goldborn. Taylor Lear hasn't done anything to come out of the lineup. Nah, got to keep Laterra in for whatever fucking reason. I don't know. <sighs> Office space is a perfect metaphor for the Flyers. Yeah. Maybe Gudis needs some lessons in defense. Gudis wasn't great tonight, but he's typically one of their better defensemen. Uh, Laterra playing over the myriad. Forward prospects they have is 100 times worse than Manning over Sanheim. Laterra is atrociously bad. Laterra is atrociously bad, but if they – if uh, see, Sanheim is here. That's the difference to me. Because he's here, that tells me you think he's ready. And if you think he's ready, that means he needs to play. Um, if you want to tell me Oscar Lindblom is just now starting to pick it up at the AHLC. Don't think he's ready yet. You know, Mike Vecchione, we really uh, – Philpel is here, so he's kind of blocked. Um, all those things. Okay, because they're not here, so we're developing them. Cool. The fact that Sanheim – so I don't have that huge of a problem with it. He shouldn't be on the fucking power play. That's evident. He should absolutely not be on the power play. He is a fourth liner who, who, who you know, you get a couple of minutes out of because he's a warm body. And that's just what Laterra is. Uh, the fact that he gets special teams time is, is asinine. Um, uh, but if you're developing those forwards, I don't have a problem with uh, veterans and just placeholders playing over them because you've determined the forwards are going to just continue to develop at the AHL level. Cool. Sanheim is here, and playing Brandon Manning over Travis Sanheim is asinine because one has skill, far more skill than the other. It's not a question of who is a better hockey player. Forget position, forget role, all of it. If you put a puck at center ice and you told Brandon Manning and Travis Sanheim, play one-on-one, -on -one, you know who would win? Travis Sanheim, because he's better. Hackstall cannot communicate with his players. That is why he doesn't call timeouts. Um, this is a possibility. This is a possibility that there are real communication issues here. I mean, I just – he doesn't communicate well with the media. I'll tell you that. Um, there have been times, it seems, he and the general manager aren't on the same page as much as Ron will say he's got the coach's back and he supports the coach's decisions. Things like Ron saying, I'm only going to call the kids up to play. If they're not going to, if they're going to play very few minutes or if they're going to sit in the press box, I'm going to leave them in the AHL. Hextall said that. And that's exactly what's happening to Travis Sanheim. So maybe he just has uh, communication issues all around. 
they they're not calling up Carter Hart yet. It's not really apt, but it's like miracle when the Soviet coach doesn't realize to pull his goalie late in the game. Haxtell just has no feel for the pulse of the game when things start going off the rails. Yeah, um, damn, John, I kind of had a, a similar thought about that. Um, I kind of had a similar thought about that scene at one point uh, during the game tonight. Like when, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree that it's not apples to apples, but I understand what you're getting at there, and I agree. Manning is a better defender than Sanheim. You watch a game tonight? No, he isn't. And like, I want goals. Like, he's not a good defender. He's a he's a zero. He 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 he's supposed to be defense first, but he gives up a ton of goals when he's on the ice. He's not good. Like, he's just a guy. He's just some guy out there. He is a what we call a zero dimensional player. But since his quote unquote specialty is defense, uh, it, it's fine. Uh, Sanheim gives you an opportunity to score. His skill set is that you can score when he's on the ice. He's driving play at a great rate this year. Um, they play on offense when he's there. He doesn't need to be a good defender because you're on offense most of the time when he's on the ice. Why do you want to be on defense when you could be on offense? I personally would prefer to be on offense. I thought goaltender switch after third goal or end of first. I thought timeout after fourth goal. Yeah, I mean, any of that, any of that would have been fine with me. They do nothing. Latera was never meant to be an everyday player. Of course, Haxtell would fall in love with him. Slow and zero-dimensional is just his huckleberry. Uh, yeah, it, it was evident he didn't want to play Latera early, and then he just got so sick of Weiss, he had to play Latera, and now Latera's just Chris Vandervelde out there, I guess. Coach parking meter. I like that. That's better than uh, Terry Murray cardboard cutout. Parking meter is the new... Um, Parking meter is a good one. I like. It. Saw a team who actually controlled play but shoot themselves in the foot, overpass the puck when they should have shot it. A coach who needed to call a timeout, pull Elliott in the second, and rip into the team like Laviolette would have. And yeah, like I don't want again. I don't want him. Just like I don't want players doing things outside of themselves. If it's not the coach's personality to. Um, to, to freak out on the team, then it just seems disingenuous like you're putting on a show. But every now and then you need to do it. Like I remember every now and then Charlie Manuel would yell at the uh, at the Phillies and they would all go, oh, shit, even he's pissed? Okay, I guess I guess it's, you know, we got to start doing something. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it was – the Flyers were good for a little bit and then they just made so many mistakes it was it wasn't even like okay we're out playing them but we just made some mistakes because it was mistake after mistake after mistake Brian Elliott is a step above a cardboard cutout. Uh, Brian Elliott was not good tonight, but I've said all year he's just a placeholder. Uh, he's been he's been okay, but when he's bad, he's really when he's bad, he gives up five. That was an exact um, that was an exact text message conversation I had with a friend tonight who was asking me what I like about Elliott. I said I think on most nights he gives them a chance, um, but it's it's obvious he can be beat high now and. When he's bad, he gives up five. That's kind of – that's Brian Elliott. And I, I I think it's on the coach to when you've started him 18 out of 19 or 19 out of 20 or whatever the hell it is, to recognize, okay, you know, maybe he's wearing down. Maybe he needs a night off. Maybe we just need to give the other team a different look because they're watching nothing but Brian Elliott. So, you, I, I don't know. But I, I think it's about more than Brian. Brian Elliott when they give up, when Brian Elliott gives up goals. But he was not good at all tonight, no. Have Hexy and Hackstall worked together in the past? What's Hexy's loyalty to him? Hextall's loyalty to Hextall is he's the team's coach and he made the decision. Uh, he made the decision to go um, pull a coach out of a good college job and bring him to the NHL. And uh, 
it was a it was a uh, it was an unconventional choice. Not a lot of guys make the NCAA jump, you know, straight to the NHL with no experience in that. He doesn't want to be wrong. And also, they made the playoffs the first year with Hackstall, and they're in playoff contention this year and could easily get in. Um, I don't think a midseason coaching change would be good for this team. Uh, I did at one point this year. I think they missed that window. Um, I'm not a I'm not a hack fan. I just don't think this team's problems are solved by firing him, you know, today. Nash does nothing all year, but is suddenly great versus the Flyers. The Flyers are great at breaking scoreless droughts. My God, the Devils are the Devils. The uh, Nash went 12 games without a goal, scores tonight. JT Miller was on a really long drought, and they didn't have a shorthanded goal all season, and they get a shorthanded goal tonight. Uh, Rangers haven't been scoring all year, so of course they hang five on the Flyers in the first two periods tonight. I thought that was really special. Manning not going to be re-signed next year. No future. I wouldn't say he's not going to be re-signed. It'll be a – it'll be – I mean, there's value in a cheap seventh defenseman that you can plug in here and there for injury purposes or whatever. Uh, someone needs a night off. You're, but to have him in the lineup regularly – let me try that again. To have him in the lineup regularly and um, – Feature him on the second power play and uh, use him the way they do is absolutely insane. Like he should play 30, 35, 40 games a year tops, uh, and he's he's become a, a lineup staple at this point. It is very concerning that despite more wins recently that they've come up small against their biggest rivals in the Penguins and Rangers. Do you think this says anything in particular about the team? These recent performances against these two teams have really bothered me. Um, I don't think it says anything about the team except the teams that know them best. The Rangers have had a good strategy against the Flyers for years now. They know how to um, take away Giroux, and no one else ever steps up, and you saw that tonight. Wheel scores two minutes and six seconds in, and the offense basically disappears for the rest of the night. Um, they know how to pressure. They know how to pressure the Flyers' power play really well. Of They got the, uh, they got the shorthanded goal tonight. Um, they, they take away time and space really well in the Flyers' best players, and nobody else is really ever able to step up against the Rangers. The biggest, the You want to win your division games, obviously. The concerning thing about these performances is that your division games are all stacked now for the final three months of the season. Uh, you're going to be playing a ton of these, and you need to win them. These are the teams that you're competing with directly in this playoff format, um, and they've come trying to reconnect okay we're reconnected you guys lose me for a second okay we're good too bad Lundquist is ugly good thing he is a goalie yeah that was funny every team that struggles or has players that struggled and play us all and send boom that team is instantly good or said players have a breakout game yeah it's been a real been a real pattern uh, if the Flyers are off the space, then the cake passing scene is their offensive strategy. Don't be greedy. Emac and Manning are a disaster, and together they have taken years off of my life. Andrew McDonald and his constant diving to the ice. I will never, ever understand it, especially Brian Elliott. All he does is take away the bottom of the net. That's all he does. He can be had up high. I just want one time, one time, once, Andrew McDonald, instead of just diving down at someone's stick, to just stand up and defend the shooter and maybe even hit him. Maybe even contact him in some way. Put your shoulder onto their body and try to knock them off the puck. I would love to see him do it once. Oh, he's... Uh, the way he plays defense to me is worse than his complete lack of ability. If 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 he just played defense in a more sensible way and still sucked, I would dislike him less. 
The thing with Manning over Sanheim is Manning is really limited. He's going to eventually have a game like tonight because they're going to give him way too much rope. Eventually a limited guy will get exposed. Yes, that's – and that's one of the honestly positives I take out of tonight is that Manning had his I'm Brandon Manning game, and hopefully now he sits for like the next six or three months, whichever comes first. Does it go without saying that Brian Elliott is awful? No, he's not awful. Uh, he When he's bad, he's bad, but he's – if. If the Flyers had this Brian Elliott last year, they make the playoffs. Sanheim is zero compete level and zero toughness. I you haven't watched a ton of hockey in your life, have you, Anthony? Patrick is a bust. Uh, you don't watch a ton of hockey either, do you, Bruce? Hart will spend next season in AHL. He'll be with the Flyers after next season. Uh, I'd be willing to bet that. Uh, goalies are weird, man. I would love to see Carter Hart only spend one year in the AHL, but goalies are friggin' weird. Uh, you don't know how long it's going to take him to develop. You don't know how long it's going to take him to adjust. The one... Um, uh, the one... The one thing I'll say about Carter Hart is that he is um, he's a technically proficient goalie. Um, there won't be a lot that they have to change about his style. He's not relying on athleticism and things like that. He is square to the shooter and denies rebounds, and that's huge. So hopefully that helps speed his development, but I'm really high on Carter Hart, but I don't want everyone to get upset when he spends two or three years in the AHL because – completely feasible. Bill, is Hack a good NHL coach at all? I'm struggling to see how he's a legit NHL coach. Um, yeah, I... Uh, doesn't look like it. Doesn't look like it right now. Some guys do a lot better in different situations. Might be a style clash. Uh, I mean, I've seen Peter Laviolette, who I know for a fact is a good coach, struggle because he doesn't have the players to play the way he wants to play. So who knows? But as of right now, I would tell you um, Hackstall is not a legitimate NHL coach. Sanheim gets sheltered minutes. Offensive zone starts only. That's what you do with, with a young player. Coach doesn't trust risk-takers. Risk he wants his meat and veg meat and potatoes players that have roles. Yeah, um, I got in a debate about this this week. I, I do believe uh, Hackstall would be more willing to accept risk-takers um, as long as they prove that they can make the play more often than not. Uh, you've seen it with Jake Voracek. Yes, Jake Voracek will turn over the puck, but a guy who handles the puck as much as Jake does and look to make as many plays as Jake does will sometimes turn it over. Uh, you saw it tonight. Jake had one of those fight-the-puck kind of nights. Uh, he has recently entrusted Travis Konechny far more um, because he's he started to he started to make plays more consistently. Uh, now he's playing up with Couturier and Giroux. So, and uh, look at Gostas Bear. Gostas Bear all of a sudden uh, playing first line minutes. Uh, so, I think it takes time to earn Hackstall's trust. I do think he wants to play a more aggressive style, but every time he's kind of let it loose. Um, They've gotten bad goalie performances, or they've had a couple of nights where turnovers just kill them, where they do have a night where maybe they're playing okay, but a couple of big mistakes hurt them a lot. Um, but I think he wants to play a little bit more aggressively than he does, but he just doesn't trust uh, he doesn't trust the young guys, and I guess it's easier to I guess it's easier to justify in looking for his next job um, playing it safe over taking risks. That's that's my that's my best guess. I was wondering why the Flyers are passing so much. Maybe they were showing 
too much offensive initiative for Hackstall's liking. They do have a lot of guys who are proficient passers and like to make plays, but uh, they can get in the mode of pass, 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 and all of a sudden they're out of position to, to get the puck in a position to make a play. Uh, that happened tonight. And the Rangers have a good defensive strategy. The Rangers uh, have stymied the Flyers for years now, and the Flyers are trying to open up that defense uh, by stretching them, by making passes, getting guys out of position, getting Henrik Lundqvist to move side to side, which is how you open up a goalie. Um, it just typically doesn't work, and it didn't tonight. Do they have any cap space to make a move or two? They do. Uh, they're going to have even more cap space at the end of the year, but I think this year, I looked it up the other day, I think they're going to be able to afford like up to 13 mil in cap hits at the deadline uh, based on the space they're going to have. What is their uh, uh, deadline cap space estimate? 11.2. So uh, they're, they, could easily, they could easily make a move at the deadline if they want. But it's going to be dependent on the players they have now uh, continuing on the path that they've been on for the last 18 games or so, which has been mostly really good. When Hack is done here, do you see him going to another NHL team or is he back in college? Um, I don't see him going to another head coaching job right away. I could see him taking a uh, an assistant position in the NHL or something like that maybe an AHL job, um, but if I'm him, he will still have uh, – he'll have a ton of offers at high-end uh, universities, and that's probably the route I would go just because you know you can do it, and it's more about you there. Um, you know, you're at North Dakota. You can recruit, you know, the Jonathan Taves of the world, and uh, – I, I think that suits him because he knows he can win with those guys. Uh, Lundqvist is in their heads like Brodeur used to be. And that's crazy because um, there was a period during the Richards and Carter area where they owned Lundqvist uh, area, during the Richards and Carter era, where they owned Lundqvist. And uh, I remember there was a point where they started, uh, what the hell was that guy's name, Valakat? I want to say Valakat. Um, against the Flyers, and then he shut them out in, like, back-to-back -back starts. Uh, and it was because they were putting, like, four by Henrik every time. So I uh, maybe he is just in this group's head. Uh, the, whole, the whole Rangers organization seems to be in this group's head and has been for some time. The Flyers also broke the Coyotes' losing streak. They cool like that. They did. I was at that game. Uh, it was a lot of fun when they tied it up. They only showed up for five minutes of the game and got up and got the loser point. So, why are they playing Elliott so much since Noivy is healthy now? Because the coach has no idea how to handle goaltenders. That is the one. Um, that has been his one consistent thing. Uh, his one consistent flaw is he is mishandled. Even when things are going well, it feels like he mishandles goaltenders. With what we've seen from the team so far and what we know we have in prospects coming up, do you see us being competitive for the outdoor game against the Pens next year? I mean, yeah, they'll be they're usually competitive. I mean, probably. Haxtall doesn't trust Neuvert. I'm not Neuvi's biggest fan. He was atrocious last year, but he hasn't played enough this year to shake off those bad vibes. Guy needs at least a chance, and Hackstall wants to bring Elliott to an early death at only age 33. Yeah, that's – you have both of them for another year signed to contracts. Uh, Neuvert's numbers aren't even that bad this year. I mean, he's only got like, I think, eight or nine starts. Where are you at, Michael? Here you are. Uh, no, that's the wrong one. There you are. Uh, come on. Yeah, nine starts, 11 total games, 923 save percentage. I don't really think that tells the whole story because, again, only nine starts. But uh, you got to get him in and just see if he can give you a little something, especially when clearly Neuvert is wearing down.
AMAC plays the NHL 18 dive block perfectly. Too bad it doesn't work at all, ever. It's unbelievable how often they do it. it, it he specifically. Last year, I thought it was more a uh, an issue for the entire defense. Delzato did it all the time. A couple of guys were constantly doing it. But it's it's Manning on every single – or, man, it's McDonald on every single shift. Voracek was not himself tonight. Awful. Yeah, he's just gonna, he's just gonna have those games sometimes. Um, a team like the Rangers that takes away your time and space, if he's not feeling it uh, like he normally does, he's going to struggle. Every now and then, when you handle the puck as much as 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 Voracek does, you're gonna have those fight the puck nights. Um, you wish it wasn't against the Rangers. You need you know one of your best players. You know the lead leaguer. Lead leaguer, the league leader in assists to you know have a good game uh, against your division rival and a team you're battling for a wild card spot. But uh, I, I I don't want to get on Jake too much because he's been awesome all year. And um, when you're a point guard, you're gonna have bad turnover nights. Uh, he had one tonight. It was not good. But uh, if he has three assists the next game, which is highly likely, you know, uh, I'm not gonna be nuts about it. Can someone buy the Rangers some light bulbs? <laughs> How are there shadows behind the net in an NHL arena? MSG, man, that place, everyone, it's the most historic arena in the world. It's a shithole. Granted, I love watching wrestling events at MSG, but I have never found hockey there um, particularly pleasing. You better be nice to Haxtell. He will... <laughs> He will give you the my mama done told me to get some dinner stare. I, I Okay. Tough loss, dust it off, bring on the Leafs. And, yeah, that's, that's the thing right now is overall they've been playing good hockey. Tonight was a shitty game in which they made way too many mistakes, um, got bad goaltending, turned it over a ton, uh, had some lineup issues, just every, and everything that could have went wrong did. They come out and play well and beat the Leafs, so I'm not going to be concerned about this game by Thursday. What is Carter Hart's ceiling and floor? I mean, his ceiling is franchise goaltender. His floor is every goaltender's floor because you never know because they're all insane. Suit up 88 on Thursday for the power play. I guarantee this is not hyperbole. This is not me screwing around, being sarcastic, anything. Eric Lindros, Thursday, would be better on the power play than uh, at least three of the guys they ice on a nightly basis. Bill, I'm convinced that our goalies suck at breakaways because there's not a defenseman falling on the ice to prevent the goal. Uh, totally possible. I feel like they're misusing Patrick on power play, too. At the beginning of the year, he was pretty good right in front of the net and behind the net, but now they've moved him to the right half wall. Why? Great question. Uh that power play, too, is an absolute mystery. Um, my only guess is that they want him in an even more prominent puck handling position because they have so many guys on that unit that um, handle the puck like a grenade. So that's that's my only guess is there's no more connect me on that unit. So that's one good puck handler. Uh, you know, you, you, you swap out some good players for legitimately bad players. Latera can handle the puck. It's just doing anything with it after he does. He's terrible at Brandon Manning's out there because you need more shooters. They said, um, I don't know what that means. Uh, maybe he owns guns. Maybe, maybe, maybe Knobloch likes to actually go shooting guns with Brandon Manning. Um, I, I, I suppose that could be. Um, like, that's, that's the crazy – okay, so you want a shooter uh, in that position. Why not Radko? Radko does nothing but shoot, and he's not bad at it. Like, he's not the best shooter. I'm not going to say he's ghost, but he's better than friggin' Brandon Manning. I thought Patrick looked pretty good tonight for the most part, looking more confident. 
Uh, yeah, I I very much agree. Um, I think he, Wheel, and uh, and Simmons have really been clicking lately. I thought that line as a whole was very good tonight. I thought they start, They got the goal early. Uh, I thought they had a couple of great shifts in the first period, and then there was a bunch of a uh, bunch of special teams play that kind of broke the line up for for a time. And uh, I honestly don't believe they got enough ice time tonight together as a group. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Um, Simmons, yeah, fifteen fifty nine. So sixteen minutes, but only. You know, less than 13 at 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, Nolan Patrick, 14-40, but less than, uh, you know, uh, he got, what, 12, 12 and a half at 5-on-5. Five five. And where are you, Wheel? 14-48, uh, two minutes on the power. Yeah, so uh, they just, they got about, what, 12 minutes together at 5-on-5, at five five, and I thought they were the most effective line tonight. And that's something, that's a, if you have, a third line, essentially what they use them as, that is that effective in their matchup. Keep exploiting that matchup. Keep going back to it. And they just, I, I felt like another flaw in Hackstall's game tonight. Didn't recognize that they were going really well early. Get them going. Get them the extra shifts. You know, your best players are your best players, and you want them out there. But some nights, go with the hot hand. You know, and that's the crazy part is when if Belmar and Vandevelde had one good shift, they'd get like 15 minutes that night. Like, let's do that with actually good players. Like, get this third line out there for 17 minutes instead of 12 when they're having a good night. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. One fatal flaw with Elliot is his high glove side. It is brutal and the league knows it. And that is what drives me even crazier about Andrew McDonald's defensive strategy of diving at the ice. Elliot takes away the bottom of the net. That's what he does. So you're going to have to stand up and take away the shot so they have to go low. You're forcing, by, by Andrew McDonald going down, you are forcing the shooter to go to the goalie's weakness. This is like this is stuff we talked about when I played in high school. I'll never understand what 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 he does out there. You expect changes Thursday, Manning, Elliot, anyone else? Um I guess I expect Neuver to start. Um but it won't surprise me if Elliot's right back in there because he is clearly the number one, and that is how Hack has used him all year. Um the loss, though, I do believe creates an opportunity to um, to get uh, Sanheim back in for Manning and somehow maybe swap out. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just wish we could get Lawton as the 2C right now and uh, you know, keep Lear in the lineup, get Laterra out of the like, I Just play Goldborn over Laterra. I don't give a shit. Uh, keep Lear in there because he can skate. Just give me, like, Philpola centering Lear and Goldborn as the fourth line on Thursday and let me see what happens. Uh, and get Lawton in between Raffle and Voracek. And then you might have something you can go with, at least three lines that are good and a fourth line that, who knows? No, who knows? Probably be a disaster, but uh, at least you have three good lines. People make this team more complicated than it has to be. All this team has to do is make simple moves. This team looks a lot worse than they are, and that is on Hackstall. Laterra overconnecting on the power play. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. I don't think anyone's making it. I think everyone recognizes these issues, but at the same time, I, I talked about it on BSH Radio last night, and I, I, I said, I know you can't take away the 10-game losing streak. You can't just not acknowledge it. But outside of the 10-game losing streak, they've been pretty good all year. If you just take away November, they have a decent record this year. Um, and right now in the standings, they are a bubble playoff team. And playoff bubble is exactly where we expected them to be. So uh, there are little things they could do to improve their chances, and I do believe they have to be done, and I think it is absolutely on Hackstall that he doesn't, and further proof that he's not the coach for this team moving forward. However, 
they're kind of exactly where I wanted them to be. Now, of course, I wanted them to be in this position with Sam Moran and Oscar Lindblom and Mike Vecchione, but I can't complain too much after one bad game when they have been playing really well since the 10-game losing streak, and they played pretty well leading up to the 10-game losing streak. It's just that goddamn November, man. Rangers had lost three. Flyers had won four. Loss was pre-written. The Rangers did really need this game. They're a desperate team. They have some really, uh, you know, some of their some of their better players are slumping. They're at home. They're against a division rival. Um, you got a desperate effort. You got one of the Rangers' best efforts of the season out of them tonight. Uh, and Lundqvist was really good again. So. Uh, I don't want to say it was pre-written. The Flyers just made a ton of stupid-ass mistakes that just didn't need to be made. But uh, if they come out and you know beat Toronto and they play another good game against Jersey and then on Sunday they have Washington, we've forgotten about this game. So I, I don't want to get too upset about one loss. Um, but at the same time, I acknowledge – all the issues we have with their process, i.e. how they handle goaltenders, lineup decisions, all the stuff we complain about nonstop, showed itself tonight, and they were all the reasons the Flyers lost. What's wrong with TJ Brennan? They should give him a shot. I just don't think he can skate at this level. He's kind of... Uh, uh, eh. I would love to see him get a shot, like in a home game, maybe against the Devils or something. I would love to see him get a shot, but uh, as a solution, like, I, you know, I don't think he's really NHL material. I think he's just a good AHL player. That's who he is. And we don't – the, th the other thing about him is we don't have a spot on the power play for him. Obviously, yeah, you'd put him in over Manning, but I want San if we're going to have two defensemen, Sanheim needs to be out there. It's 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 very obvious, and it, 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 I like Brennan, but uh, I, I don't. I just don't think he's an NHL caliber caliber player. The fact that Hack doesn't trust young players is counter to why Hexy hire a college coach. I still don't understand his thinking. I think he I, he will learn to trust them. I mean. Uh, Ivan Provorov's playing 25 minutes a night. Ghost is out there with him. Uh, I, you know, Patrick stayed in the top nine despite not really earning that time this year. He struggled in the first half. He's starting to turn it on now, and I'm starting to see more of the Nolan Patrick I wanted to see at the beginning of the year, but he stuck with him despite really, really struggling out there. Konechny's on the top line. Robert Haig, while maybe this trust is misplaced, uh, plays a role on this team. So I, I think Hack can learn to trust youngsters. They just um, they start at a disadvantage with him, which, yes, is it seems counterintuitive to why he was hired. I will agree there. Steven Valakat. Yeah, thank you. So I'm way behind on the comments if I'm just catching up on Valakat. Should Noivy start against the Leafs? Yeah, I think I think it's time to to just get Elliot a game to just sit there and watch and collect himself. I mean, I know they had the week off recently, so it's not like he's getting his ass kicked playing every night. But regardless of the schedule, playing whatever like starting eighteen and nineteen or whatever the hell it's been is too many for a thirty-three-year-old goalie who you brought in to be a tandem netminder. Uh, Simple statement. Has any line has any lineup been optimized since Haxall joined the Flyers two and a half seasons ago? Um probably in his first year when they made the playoffs, I would guess. Can't wait to see what bums we dump by the deadline. There are quite a few we've been sitting on and only here because of contracts so we can dump and move on. Yeah, I expect to make I expect to move some guys at the deadline and I expect I expect to be able to make other moves because of those moves like um at the end of the season either buying out or waiving Latera. 
when, and Weiss becoming a permanent, uh, you know, press box stable or, you know, wave to the AHL, things like that. So I think um, spots are going to open up. We've already seen some. We all want it to happen. We all want it to happen faster. I'm right there with you. But I do believe that uh, it will get better soon. This is the comment of the night from Raymond Hanstein. Uh, Kid Rock gets the all-star nod, but Coots doesn't. Yeah, ball to ball. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Fucking Kid Rock, man. I can't believe. Like, that. you like I, you, you should go get the Bee Gees or something. Like, I honestly, no. There is one band it should be. It should be every single year the band who plays at the all-star game should be Smash Mouth. This is simple stuff, guys. Like, I don't know how you screw this up. That Kid Rock, stay, uh, if you were watching, um, if you're watching the pregame on NBC Sports tonight, um, I know locally the game was on uh, Comcast or whatever the hell it's called now, but the national NBC Sports also carried it for the rest of the for the rest of the country. And um, Ronick interviewed Kid Rock in the uh, in that I think the final segment before the game. And Ronick called him, like, the greatest musician of all time. And it was honestly maybe the funniest shit I've ever heard on television. Like, is it possible that Jeremy Ronick has never listened to music? Is it? It might be. It might be. Your tweet about Manning sending a message down 5-1 was awesome. Yeah, I just hate that shit. Like, the fake tough... I'm going to do something now. Like, bro, your time to do something was when was way before it was 5-1. Like, I have no problem with that. I'm going to fight to try to spark my team. Um, even if you're going to do something borderline dirty or ridiculous to try to spark your team before it's goddamn 5-1. But then you just seem like a petulant kid who tries to fight because he's losing. Like, there's, there's a line, and you're just, oh, you can't push me around. Like, okay, they did. And they burned you for, like, three breakaways. So, I, you know. What did that prove? Will Kid Rock wear a Confederate flag Red Wings jersey? Oh, I mean, you know, it's possible. Anything's possible. Did you know he's from Detroit? Oh, he he said Detroit like 13 times in a five-minute interview tonight. The difference between this team and a contender is when bounces don't go their way, they're unable to battle back and overcome the bad luck. I won't disagree with that. Remember when Power Play 2 was fun at the beginning of the season? Good times. I do. I really thought that they were going to have a competent second Power Play this year. But... um Damn it, I can't remember who it was now. But as like a full five-man group, when nobody from the first unit is out there, uh, the second power play unit, I believe, is minus two on the season, which is unbelievable. And not just because plus minus is a wacky stat. They're actually like being outscored by two goals. Oh, the very next – okay, it was Apple Yard. Thank you, John. The very next comment. Uh, the entirety of Power Play 2 has been misused. Alexander Apple Yard posted on Twitter that the that the Power Play 2 is one goal and given up three so far in the season as a full unit. Yeah, uh, not a half in, half a broken line change. So, yeah, when nobody from the top line, um, the Giroux unit, is on the ice. Um the second power play unit is being outscored three to one, which is, I don't know how that's possible. I really don't know how that's possible. Will Kid Rock finally take a shower before the all-star game? He will, and they're going to televise it. Is Elliot better than Mace? He's been, yeah. Uh, where do you put the odds that Hexy trades Philpla at deadline for upgrade 2C? Um, 
I think the odds are really high that he's able to move uh, Philpola at the deadline. I don't know if it's going to be a one-for-one swap. Um, I don't know if it's going to be for an upgrade. I'm hoping it's an addition by subtraction kind of situation where you um, promote somebody from within and you get better that way or at least give someone an opportunity like move Lawton, move Patrick up, and then Mike Vecchioni is your 4C or Mikhail Vorobiev or someone like that is your 4C. Um, that's what I would prefer, unless, I mean, you can go do something absurd and actually get a good, like, second center. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. But um, I don't think the odds of that are that high. I don't know what someone would really give you for Philpola. I'm just hoping uh, some contender goes, yeah, we'll take some depth, and the Flyers have to cover a little bit of his salary maybe, which is fine because he's only got this year left on his deal, so it doesn't matter. Flyers have cap space. Uh, but I don't expect um, – that trade to net an upgrade, uh, except for bringing up a kid, moving guys already here up uh, into his role, something like that. Is trading Simmons a necessity or a probability? Um, hmm. Neither. I think they're going to resign him. I don't think it's that big of a mistake, and I think it might actually be a good idea depending on the price. It's all about the price for me, all about the price for me. Um, I've gone back and forth on it. I would still explore a trade for him, and if somebody knocks your socks off, yeah, uh, and they might because he's exactly what teams are looking to add going into the playoffs. But um, if this team is a borderline playoff team still at the deadline, they're not trading, you know. Uh, the guy who's last I checked fifth in the league in power play goals and is a bona fide dirty goal scorer in, in this league. Um, so I, uh, we'll see. It's all about the price for me, both what you can get for him and what he'll sign for. Uh, I don't want to, you know. Philpola for a third-round pick? Uh, yeah, sure. Why, why not? I will say Fallout Boy at the All-Star Game was pretty awesome to watch simply because all the players came out of the locker room to watch. Yeah, I'm not huge on Fallout Boy, but I know a lot of people are, so uh, I get it. If the players are into it, cool. If they, they have enough of a following, awesome. Um, I'm fine with that. I'm not huge on them, but I get why people are. They're, they're fine. Uh, just not necessarily my thing. Cheap Trick at the Winter Classic was awesome, though. I fucking love Cheap Trick, man. Uh, Metallica. Did, uh, no, who played the outdoor game? Was it Kiss that played the outdoor game? Um, when they Was it at Dodger Stadium? Was it King's Ducks at Dodger Stadium? I think Kiss played. Is that a thing that happened, or... Am I just imagining things? I think I remember that and it being like, holy shit, this is one of the most ridiculous friggin' things I've, I'm ever going to see. Uh, and on that note, guys, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, my name is Bill Matz. Of course, I have a great time doing these after uh, pretty much every game. You know, Steph and Kelly fill in when they can. I try to get uh, as many as they can, as, as I can. Um, I will be back on Thursday. Tomorrow, I'm going to be doing a uh, a uh, like impromptu mailbag podcast thing. I'm just gonna and I I, I asked for a bunch of questions uh, yesterday before we recorded Broad Street Hockey Radio because I didn't think we had enough in the outline to fill an hour. And then it turns out we went like an hour two and we didn't get to half the shit because we just talked. Uh, we gushed over Sean Couturier for so long. So I didn't get to any of the questions. I'm going to answer them, but uh, I'm going to take some more. Hit me up on Twitter if you want to. I ask some questions and then I'll post the uh, I'll post the recording on SoundCloud. And then, of course, it'll be a post on BroadStreetHockey.com at some point uh, before Thursday's game, at least. So, uh, yeah, that's it for tonight. Thanks for hanging out. Be sure to check out our Patreon if 
you're one of those people out there who might be interested in parting with some of their hard-earned money uh, and you're not sure what to spend it on, hey, spend it on a Broad Street Hockey Radio subscription. You get Yelling About Sports, which is uh, me and Steph's show. You get a weekly rest of the NHL show, which is uh, the four of us typically, and it's a lot of fun. We do uh, different thing, all sorts of different things. You get prospect up, prospect updates from Charlie, so it's always good. Uh, check that out. Uh, all right, thanks, everybody. I'm done. Have a great week. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.